Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hi everybody, just wanted to briefly catch up with you with uh, some things that have been floating around in my head. Uh, some as a little follow on to um, uh, Sunday's message, which if you didn't hear it, get on our uh, website at www.qyork.co.uk and go to media and uh, you can have a look at that uh, message which um, is entitled The Chains of Freedom. Um, the, the, the narrative of scripture introduces to us right from the very beginning, which I find really impressive. Uh, basically, all the key elements that <clears throat> we need to integrate into our life, our thinking, our, our belief, our actions, right from right from the very beginning, even with its opening comments, which, which if you can grasp it, will help you in the whole process of what I want to talk to you about um, today. Uh, what I want to talk to you about is a little bit, I was gripped by the fact that uh, Nelson Mandela entitled his, um, his book about his journey um, politically in South Africa over apartheid and his uh, 27 years imprisonment in Robben Island to his freedom and of course his uh, ascending to the presidency of South Africa. He, he called the book The Long Road, sorry, The Long Walk to Freedom. And uh, if there's anything I want to get through to you today, it's for all of you that are looking for freedom, whatever it's from, in whatever dimension, whether it's um, in the context of your religious beliefs and uh, the various bondages that have gone with that, uh, a lifetime in church that you're now questioning and wanting to get free from some of that narrative that you no longer see to be true, whether it's from other addictions of life or um, uh, our reactive expressions of trying to get free from all the things that happened to us in childhood, in, in teenage years, in life, in acceptance, rejection, all that stuff. Uh, it's a long walk to freedom. It's a worthwhile walk to freedom, but it's a long walk to freedom. And uh, the reason I mentioned the, the wisdom that's dropped in right at the beginning of the Bible in the narrative is because it really starts out by uh, trying to get us to understand that it's in, through and out of chaos that creation comes. And uh, I think that's borne out uh, scientifically, psychologically, sociologically, that really in the walk to freedom or, or, or the move of uh, the, the, the outworking of creation uh, or the creating of creation, um, it, it works in and through and out of chaos. If we can understand that, it helps us to, I think, grasp that in the chaotic episodes of our life, um, we actually have all the raw materials there for creation. Um, I love the whole understanding of the Christ spirit, that Christ has always been, 
is and will always be that Jesus was the physical expression of the Christ but the Christ was there in the beginning and that Christ spirit that pervades all of this is in the chaos allowing out of the chaos through the word of life uh, creation to come which uh, ultimately um, if you follow that narrative would uh, suggest to us that beauty comes out of the chaos and uh, if you follow that narrative as well in its uh, in its model and uh, expressing it comes to a seventh day of which that seventh day is the expression of completeness and rest and uh, ultimately in life I pray for you and uh, for all of us that we grasp that uh, we are supposed to and are meant to and are created and experience creation for the purpose of ultimately coming to peace and coming to rest knowing that it's all working and uh, that actually it's working in our favour. Um, the other interesting thing just picking out one more from <clears throat> that uh, wisdom of the narrative uh, we are introduced uh, very early on within those first two three chapters <clears throat> to something that's also critical which is it talks about uh, the Garden of Eden it uses that as the expression of the place that that um, humanity was placed into um, and really where one is supposed to discover their relationship with an interaction with the divine presence and how the whole thing is a partnership uh, and still is God present with us in us for us um, and um, uh, of course, in there comes that story of the two trees, the tree of life, of which they're told you can eat as much as you wish from the tree of life, and uh, another tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, what those trees represent is interesting because uh, they really address right from the very beginning uh, where we can resolve our issues and where we can compound our issues. We resolve our issues in the journey to devour life, understand life, grasp life, and uh, in the words of Bishop Spong, to, 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 to love, to live fully and love wastefully, we, we get to grips with that by trying to get to grips with what this thing called life is. Now, I find it interesting that, that it says it's the tree of life, but life is not defined. Uh, and I think the reason for that is because uh, life is not something that you try and comply with the definition. It's something that you, you discover. It's something you are called to discover by experience, not apply as rules of a definition. This is what life is. It's a discovery and uh, that scares some people, particularly scares the religious community uh, that I was raised in uh, because we don't trust that inner journey of our developing relationship with the with God, with the divine within us, and that 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 actually will bring us to the rightful place. Um, the other one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, of course, is is really pointing us in the direction because the words were that don't eat from this tree because the day you eat of it you will die. So, so the way to death is in that tree. Okay, the way to life is in the other tree, but we're not told what that is, and uh, you know. That's a discussion all around that. We could build a whole talk around that. But this other tree 
um, it really tells us what the 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 direction towards a death, and I don't mean just physically dying. I mean the death thing in life, death in anything, uh, corruption, decay, um, is in the whole arena of uh, um, um, right and wrong and good and evil. Um, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of knowing good good and evil. I, I find it also fascinating, I thank my wife for this uh, thought many, many years ago, that it's not just the knowledge of evil, it's the knowledge of good as well. And uh, what people didn't realise, as, as particularly as um, the place I've grown in of Christianity, did not realise, didn't understand and didn't grasp, um, was that there is no distinction between the two. It's the knowledge of good and evil and an incessant need to know and make rules around what is believed to be good. So moralistic code is just as destructive as knowing and having insight into, into, um, into what is considered as evil because both of them actually take us uh, um, to the same place with a different look um, one doesn't look very good but it's not good and it's not good one one might look pretty good but it's no better because both of them bring people into bondage uh, and addiction of one kind or another and dependency and and they take us away from life not not into life and of uh, course we, we have a couple of words we've been looking at in the context of that that this whole um uh, thing of right and wrong and good and evil uh, is is what we call dualistic thinking or I've used the word binary thinking which is a, a, a word many of you will understand um, it's where you only have two things involved and of course binary or dualistic thinking is all based on an argument right and wrong good and evil in out um, saved unsaved um, you know, it, it's all one of, of comparative divisions um, on which one takes a side or in which one engages an argument. And uh, um, it lacks something. What it lacks, we've talked about, is spirit. We talked about three legs of a stool. It's like a two-legged stool. If you only approach life from the process of right and wrong, it's like trying to sit on a two-legged stool. You need spirit in there, and I'm not going to go all into what spirit is, but you need that spirit. You need that Christ spirit. You need that holy spirit, that whole spirit within you to bring the wholeness uh, out of you. Get you out of that binary thinking. Get beyond the mind, okay? Get, get beyond the mind into the place where something else can begin to flow that will actually bring you to that place of that uh, first tree which is which is the one of life um, uh, our Jenny said on on Sunday about um, uh, the three dimensions isn't it interesting that the two-dimensional perspective is flat uh, it has no depth you can't see into it beyond it through it uh, but a three-dimensional context has depth. So, so if we only live by that right and wrong, good and evil, we tend to see the world through a very two-dimensional perspective. Uh, we don't see any depth. We don't see we don't see um, uh, truth behind behind manifestation. We only see what we see, and we don't see the beyond uh, and and the uh, the depth uh, 
where actually that's where the real healing um, and creation process lies. And, you know, again, the wisdom of this beginning talks about spirit being present in that chaos, uh, that third leg of the stool, that um, uh, that trinity, that that three-dimensional um, thing. And I, I quoted something from Eckhart Tolle on Sunday, which I think is great in that context. It says, all things that truly matter, beauty, love, faith, hope, and inner peace arise from beyond the mind. All freedom as well comes from beyond the mind. And uh, I, I pray that you will find that. So uh, I, I wanted to just pull one thought through from Sunday, just briefly to make comment on it. I said this, surviving freedom may be a greater challenge than surviving slavery. Uh, and it's true, it, it's true. And I wanna to speak to those of you, maybe you're in a church environment, uh, church setting, evangelicalism, Christianity, who have engaged on a, a road, a journey of deconstruction is the word that is um, often used. It's the recognition that we have become stuck somewhere along the line and maybe within it lost the full revelation of what the divine presence of what God in the in, in us, in, in the world, in creation, in the earth really is, how we interact with that, what is our divine connection with that and got stuck in, uh, in uh, a whole dualistic um, binary definition uh, of the gospel and uh, you know right and wrong good and evil and uh, we're trying to free you from that you know where spirit comes in we get a different view even of uh, who we thought God was and I've said many times before I one of the things that shifted me was I realized that if the gospel is what we said the gospel was it's a beautiful message but but if you are if 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 the gods are angry, the gods must be appeased, which really is that story uh, about the God of the Bible. Uh, Jesus is the appeasing one. Uh, and if you're rewarded for doing good and punished for doing bad, which is the whole holiness and whatever thing, uh, then there's no difference in that gospel to any other pagan religion that's ever existed during the whole history of of humanity you know i could point you to zeus and anybody else and uh relate that same story so i began to think if 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 what god represents the gods are angry the gods must be appeased you'll be rewarded for doing good you'll be punished for doing bad if that was the model then this god this christian god who was supposed to be so different was actually no different whatsoever it just the, it's just the picture was colored in differently and again, I know that's a longer conversation, but um, but it is one that's important. And I say that because some of you are listening to me and, and are following us are on that deconstruction journey. And I would say that um, in that, as you discover new freedoms, uh, surviving freedom may be a greater challenge than surviving slavery. Now, I would also say that to uh, everybody, uh, because we all have been slaves to something or are slaves to something. Um, you know, whether we call them addictions or compulsions or reactions or wounds or past hurts, 
uh, you would put all those nice names on them. At the end of the day, uh, one name covers it all, slavery, bondage. And uh, it's, as, as, um, as I told you, uh, um, Mandela says, it was a long walk to freedom. Uh, the reason being that surviving freedom is a greater challenge than surviving slavery. Why I say it's a greater challenge is because the one thing about slavery is we build a model of consistency where we find security in the unchanging uh, nature of the thing that we are addressing and fighting. So we find security in things not changing. When things begin to change or have to change or change radically or we have to challenge them to change or we have to walk out of that prison, uh, the challenges of that are pretty huge because now all of a sudden all the things that we were familiar with in our bondage, in our slavery, in our addiction, in our compulsion, in our wounds, uh, we're so familiar with those and how they work. We build a kind of security in them. And uh, it actually, if somebody wants to set us free, it makes us long for them. So some of you would say, oh, I just, I don't like learning. Why? Because it will make you have to go on a journey of freedom that takes you away from the secure space that you wouldn't call secure space. You would call it, oh, horrible, my terrible life, my terrible past, the things that have gone on. And, you know, I, I, I now don't like, authority, I don't like men, I don't like women, I don't like whatever you don't like, I don't like church, whatever. All these are the security blankets because we're actually afraid of what freedom might mean for us. And uh, again, in, in, this, in, this, um, in this wisdom of Bible narrative that covers so many of these uh, issues that we face and should not be over over, I would say, religiousized rather than spiritualized because there is a tremendous spiritual context to it. Um, but we're introduced along this path to the story of a nation who found themselves in a place of slavery and bondage, and it went on for a very long time. What's interesting is how they got into that place, and I'm talking about the children of Israel uh, in slavery in Egypt, probably during the time of Ramesses, I don't know. Some would say there's no history to support it. I don't know. I, I, all I know is the story is brilliant for helping us understand how slavery happens and what happens when we're freed from slavery uh, and the steps we need to take. How they got into that place was not because some foreign army came and uh, overrun ran them and, uh, you know, slapped them in chains and took them to a foreign land. They finished up there because um, at one time when there was when there was a, um, a regional famine and no food uh, by a wonderful series of events. And uh, you can read this in the, the book of Genesis. Um, also, uh, Lloyd Webber tried to cover it a little bit in uh, in his musical about Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Uh, which is my least favorite musical, incidentally, so please don't sing those songs around me. Um, uh, it, it was the whole issue of, of, of the idea of from within the chaos and the difficulty, uh, a deliverer will always arise. Something will always find its place that will give you the opportunity to emerge from your famine, 
um, from your hardship. And I, I honestly do truly believe that. But um, the issue is they finished up then living in the land of Egypt. And then it talks about a Pharaoh who didn't know Joseph, didn't know them, rose up and he got afraid. And anyway, long story short, um, they finished up as slaves rather than guests. Uh, my one point on that is that um, most of the time, the slavery we find ourselves into, we, it wasn't always slavery. We got, we didn't, we, did, we weren't beaten into it or dragged into it. Uh, actually, it was a place that, that we had to experience and it was an experience we had, but somehow we stayed there. Somehow we never moved on with the journey of life. Somehow we didn't do the next thing. Somehow we felt secure and took comfort. Even when there was hardship, we take comfort in the hardship because we'd rather have the security than the challenge of freedom. And so, so these guys finished up, they'd stayed too long. Now, I don't want anybody who comes to Q to think that is an indicator that you should think that you've stayed too long at Q. That's not the interpretation. Behave, be good, need you, want you. I'm really talking about in heart. Now, for some people that might be the case, and I, I do accept that. But for the majority of us, it's a principle that says in our life's journey, in what happens to us, sometimes a place can be a place of comfort. But because it's comfort and we find security, we don't move on from that place. And ultimately it becomes a prison and we come under oppression and we begin to despise and hate sometimes the very thing that should have been to us. Uh, continuation of blessing. So, of course, that leads us then into the other story in Genesis, which is how those people were freed from that slavery, which again, take this very, uh, the symbolism of this um, is fantastic. And uh, of course, you can read it in the book of Genesis, or you can watch the movie Prince of Egypt, which is reasonable, but <laughs> depends where you where you're at with all that. But it's the story of Moses and the children of Israel getting out of Egypt. And uh, what I want to, to really get over to you um, about that was that, that you would think that after this 430 year period of oppression, um, of, of uh, bondage, of, of segregation, of uh, what's the word I'm looking for, of 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 um, uh, racial oppression, all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm searching for words here. You, you get the idea of what I'm saying. 430 years of all this uh, cruel stuff, this, this stuff that it had become, what life had become, okay? Because they stayed, what life had become because they didn't move on. When they could have moved on, but didn't move on, um, you, you get all of this and you would think then that when a deliverance comes, an opportunity for freedom, that their delight would be so great that their application to the process would, 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 would be actually off, absolutely off the scale. Um, and kind of initially it wasn't with all of us when, when we're faced with, hey, you know, this addiction, this compulsion, this, these wounds, this my life, what my life has been, where I'm stuck, how I get free from slavery, you know, religiously, socially, whatever. This excitement of, oh, ooh, I could be, could be free from this. Brilliant. But then what the story unfolds is that as they came out of that bondage and slavery of which they knew 
how life would go. They knew how it would work. They knew how it would manifest itself. They knew where to find what they needed to find. Even though it was hard, they could survive within that. Um, once that was not there, it's like suddenly freedom became a bigger problem than slavery. And so you have this story of um, them consistently complaining and whinging and moaning and they don't like the leader and they don't like the leadership and they don't like they haven't got water and where's the bread and what about the food and what about blah, 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 blah. And uh, of course, constructing their own religious religion in, in there's a story in there about them building a golden calf with all their earrings and stuff. Why? Because we're all we all at the end of the day are going to create something that we worship uh, even if it's stupid and others say, well, that's not a God. We create something that we can gather around. And, and I'm trying to get that through to you, that we we all revert to some kind of religious model uh, and we struggle with the freedom of suddenly being out in wide open spaces because all the securities we knew from our slavery and bondage are now gone. And uh, for those of you deconstructing, that's a horrible feeling because you begin to realize how much security we had in the threat of hell and and the judgment of God and maybe we'll be rewarded and so we were you're praying and fasting and you got to be holy and all this stuff that you know what that says about God is is very troublesome to me anyway what I'm trying to get through to you today is that this whole story was an expression of how difficult it is surviving freedom because we don't have the security of what we uh, the security that we experience when we're in slavery so they've got this weird thing that goes on in us that we actually prefer uh, slavery and bondage in a message of slavery and bondage in some way than the other because once we're free it poses a whole new set of challenges and so uh, the interesting thing is this narrative shows us a whole people who who uh, finished up in essence walking around in circles in a desert. That's what I'm trying to free you from. If you'll just engage with an open spirit that will grasp life uh, and will look for creation out of chaos and uh, will not bow to the call of the bondages and addictions and compulsions and hurts and pains that we have to pull us back to the place that we think is safe, but actually it's like your yeah, prison's safe. You know, a prison cell keeps you safe from the world. But it's the end of the day, it's a prison cell. Not much life and experience. Uh, get out into the open places. Let your experience of God and your spiritual understanding be expanded into freedom. Don't be like this people who when they did get freedom, all they did was keep walking around in circles because they were visiting the same things over and over again and never moving forward. And uh, it took another interaction, uh, which, uh, which is a fascinating story, for them to make a step into a new place, which I might talk about another time. Um, but let me finish by saying this. The sad thing is that the narrative proclaims that a whole generation... Uh, of people who were the ones who directly experienced the slavery, the bondage, the addictions, the hurts. Um, they actually never made it into a new place. They died walking around in circles 
never made it to the place they should have gone. Why? Because surviving freedom was a greater challenge to them to surviving slavery. So I'm inviting you to the place of freedom. I'm inviting you to stop moaning. I'm inviting you to stop uh, um, revisiting the past and also then doing what the children of Israel did when they thought actually where we came from uh, was better than where we've come to. They'd forgotten so much of the hardships and how that was stirring uh, the death that was in them. Um, they forgot all that. He could only remember, well, back there we had leeks and onions and garlics and it was rather good. No, it wasn't rather good. Yeah, the leeks and onions and garlics might have been amazing for, you know, compared to what you could find in the desert. But heck, it was horrible. And uh, religion is horrible. And uh, life can be horrible. And our experiences can be horrible. So we've got to make a choice that we're going to move on and we're going to go all the way and uh, have some courage uh, uh don't want to offend you, but as one lady in England calls it, testicular fortitude. To say, right, we're not going to finish up walking around in circles. We're pressing all the way through. We're going into freedom. We're finding life in all its fullness. So to all of you out there, whatever you're struggling with today, uh, get a hold of that. Walk into it. Um, understand there is there is a direction and and uh, and a place called peace and life and freedom that you are called to. To my deconstruction friends, stay with it. Uh, I know it feels horrible. I know it feels uncomfortable. Um, but uh, decide you're not going to walk around in the in in your desert place for forty years until you die. Okay, you're going to press through. So for some of that, you've got to shut up. And uh, uh, you've got to reprogram your thinking, reconstitute your understanding, and in the process of that, understand that at some point you're going to be looking at the land that you always long for, which is a place, and again, these descriptive words, flowing with milk and honey, uh, that doesn't say a lot today, does it, to us about, <laughs> but I think you get the, I think you get the gist. It's a sweet place. It's a place where there is plenty of sustenance and uh, where you are beginning to discover what life truly is. So hey, live fully, uh, love wastefully, and uh, don't die in the desert. Love you. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash Q Church York. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.